Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of Movies. My name's Colin, I'm the C. Uh, joining me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. <laughs> do you watch Strictly Come Dancing by any chance? No, I do not. Well, I wanted to bring it up because this week was movie week. Oh, yeah. On Strictly Come Dancing. And um, every year, there's always one week which is dedicated to movies where they dance, you know. Um, dance to music from the movies, um, usually dressed as characters from the movies as well. Okay. Um, to various degrees of professionalism, uh, but usually when they do a professional, they, they they always open with like all the professionals dancing a skit and everything. And today's one was particularly good. They did like movies through the ages, okay, where they dressed up as various characters um, from different films uh, and then danced to them. And it was really really good. Um, I'm actually going to watch it again. So for those who like Strictly Come Dancing and listen to our podcast, there's something to listen to. There you go, send to us by you. I have a question for you, Zijan. Uh, do you like football? Yeah. Bear, bear in mind that I know that you don't. Um, you will have uh, noticed that Wolves beat Manchester City uh, today. Why are we putting this in? So for any of our, our listeners who enjoy football, go to YouTube and watch that. Um I'm putting this in so we've got the full breadth of listeners. That has nothing to do with movies whatsoever. At least mine has something to do with film. Yours has absolutely zero content whatsoever. Uh, and yet I feel very content to watch it. Now, because we, you're doing the editing this time wrong. I, I am. It's, uh, to be honest, it's going to be five minutes of movie talk and uh, and an hour of, of uh, me talking about wolves. I'll, re- I'll record that later. Don't okay. worry. Um, no. No, we're talking about the film Joker. Uh, we also have a quiz on Charlie's Angels mm-hmm. and much, much more. Um, and we start, as we always do, Zijan, with some moving news. So would you like to hit us with some moving news? Yeah, there was a big uh, turnaround this time around. Now Spider-Man is back in the MCU. What a what a shock. Really? Was it? Was it really? <laughs> um, no, I think, I, I'm sure at the time that we said, this is, he'll be back in soon. But uh, some people seem to be convinced that um, Spider-Man was Sony for life now, but I think it was inevitable, wasn't it? It is, it is. Um, and there, there's a rumor going on that Tom Holland was the one who saved the deal. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> from multiple sources as well. Of course, um, uh, I was going through movie news this time around. I was looking that up. I was like, huh? Apparently, he was he's been making multiple appeals to both CEOs, but I, I, I highly I think that that, yeah. that that rumor is a little bit you know overstated because come on. Like if if a huge movie producer wants to, like separate, I'm pretty certain they'll do it without you know thinking about their main stars' concerns anyway. Yeah, I I could see maybe a a smaller company, perhaps something like that might work. But in the Disney Empire it does not ride on the back of uh, Tom Holland, does exactly, it? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. So I highly doubt that he has much sway. But well, I mean, I think the rumors is good for Tom's image at any rate. So yeah, well, you think he's the one who's spreading? Huh? <laughs> well, if he is, good for his publicist. Yeah, that's true. I like the idea that maybe one of them is going like the guy who plays Ned, Jacob Battlelong. Yeah. It's like, no, let's stay with Sony. Come on, guys. Uh, we don't need, we don't need him. But this bodes well for the future of uh, of of um, Aunt May and uh, Happy relationship that we're all excited about. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, look, the cast of the Guardians of the Galaxy rallied together to get James Gunn back, didn't they? Was that them? I mean, I know they all said it, but it took about a year after that, didn't it? Until they... Yeah, so yeah, maybe. So again, we're getting definitely, definitely one more uh, Spider-Man film in twenty twenty one, and and at one least. more, at least one more, and at least one more where he's mixing with his Marvel buddies, who are not dead, who are not dead. <laughs> well, who knows? Um, and John Watts apparently is lined up to to complete the trilogy. Well, good though. Good. I'm I'm glad. Yeah, I think that's only fair. And if we've learned anything from Spider-Man films, it's that the third one will be just as good as the first two. Um, I have some more. <laughs> I have some more comic book news um, relating to DC, um, uh, in particular the Batman. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, uh, who I might be best known from uh, from Casino Royale, I guess, as as um, Felix Leiter. He is uh, playing Commissioner Gordon in the Batman, and Jonah Hill 
uh, is in talk. Maybe he's in talks for it rather than confirmed. And Jonah Hill has been lined up for an unspecified role that everyone on the internet is fairly sure is the Penguin. Yeah, who else could it be? Uh, how many Commissioner Gordons do we have now? How many Commissioner Gordons have we got? Well, we've got uh, we've got Jim, what's his name? J.K. Simmons. He's Commissioner uh-huh. Gordon. Yep. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman was. Uh, I'm. I've started watching Gotham in the last couple of months, which I'm. Which obviously is all about Commissioner Gordon or Detective Gordon, as played by that guy who's married to Marina Baccarin. <laughs> I forget his name. Do we have a different Commissioner Gordon for each different version of Batman? Um. Oh, that's a good point. I. I don't know who the Commissioner Gordon was in the uh, in the Tim Burton world. Presumably there was one. There's always one. I'm just curious. Always wondering. Hmm. He's quite integral, isn't he? He is, oh. he is. Because he's the father of our bad girl whenever they want to bring him in. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And yet and yet we don't have any bad girls in any uh <laughs> Well uh, we did version. have one, right? Do we? Yeah. Oh the um Alicia uh, Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone, yeah. Was she uh, was she Barbara Gordon in as well? E- I believe so. I can't remember now. No, no, I thought he she was like Alfred Pennyworth's niece or something. Yeah, that's right. Very good. Very good. Yeah, oh well. The the less we talk about Batman Robin, the better. That's a bad film. <laughs> um I I have one other comic book piece of news. Oh, um yes. Sony, well we were talking about Spider Man earlier, but Sony are announcing that they're coming out with a Madam Web movie in the Spider Man universe. Yeah. Um, it's in development with the writers of Morbius penning the script as well for Sony. Um, yeah, they are really picking up all the minor, minor characters <laughs> in the Spider-Man universe and giving them whole full movies for. Um, it's bizarre. I know you're going to ask me the next question, so I've prepared for this. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Tell me all about Madam Web. Madam Web is about a woman, usually old, very old in the comic books. Uh, her real name is Cassandra Webb. Obviously, but with a double B. Obviously. (laughs) What else can we do, you know, by giving, like, superpowers to people with names already associated to that? I don't know what power you'll get, Colin, but... Um, Well, Thomas means twin. um, So I guess I have the superpower of being a twin. Yeah, you already have the power. I do already have that power. What does... Does does Chong mean anything? No. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it means clock actually so it means I have the superpower of being on time unlike some people <laughs> I was a little peek behind the curtain there where um, we were about 45 minutes late in starting this because I was asleep um, if 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 my, my witty repartee is not quite up to its usual hilarious standard um, that might be because 10 minutes ago I was asleep <laughs> shame for shame Colin for, sh- for shame indeed my, super- <laughs> my superpower does not enable me to um to be awake at eight o'clock, apparently. <laughs> well, anyway, um, so Catherine Webb um has clairvoyant preconnective powers. Um, she also has a disease that requires her to be connected to a life support system, which ironically looks like a spider web. Mm, that's, a, that's lucky, isn't it? Yeah, I know, right? How convenient. So it's a good job her name wasn't Madam Broken Wires. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, this sounds like a really bad idea, but uh, I guess they. This is what we don't know yet about the Sony Spider-Man deal is how much Spider-Man is part of this uh, universe or multiverse. Is it, are they going to pair him with Venom? Are they going to pair him with Morbius? Are they going to pair him with an old lady? Who knows at this point? Uh, you know, and the other thing, we, this was, we talked about this before, but um, I think there's, they'd be insane if they're not working on a multiverse, like on a Spider-Verse. Well, given the film. popularity of the Spider was into Spider Man into the multiverse film, exactly. And and with imagine if they did one that brought back Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, that that would be hugely popular. I think. I mean, I don't know if those actors would want to do it, but there'd be. I'd be very surprised if Sony aren't devoting some time to to figuring that one out. Hmm. So, I mean, don't get He's me wrong. Hoping, I'm, right? I'm as excited as anyone as a film about an old lady in a web. <laughs> <laughs> You don't sound excited. I don't sound that excited. <laughs> um, let's take a, a, a veering uh, turn to the world of Jurassic, mm-hmm. um, and in particular Jurassic World 3, uh, where Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and Jeff Goldblum have all signed up to be in it. Um, 
So yeah. they see you. Uh, I'm sure everyone will know, or maybe not everyone, but uh, they were the stars of the first Jurassic Park back in the day. Um, Jeff Goldblum turned up in Jurassic Park 2 and, in fact, Jurassic World 2 um, for minimal appearances in that one. And uh, apparently Laura Dern and Sam Neill turned up in Jurassic Park 3, but I've not seen that. Apparently, um, well, Sam Neill was the main character in Jurassic Park 3. Was that right? Yeah, he was sent back to the island to rescue uh, a kid who landed there. Did everything um, turn out fine? Yeah, as, as you expect. Uh, you just, you just went down there, picked up a kid, yeah. went home again. Went home again, just saw some dinosaurs along the way. Yeah. Short <laughs> film. Um, yeah. um, and Laura then appeared as a very, very small role in that film. I think like hardly five minutes in it. Oh, very, really? Yeah, sure, very short screen time. But the uh, Sam Neill had... Uh, Sam Neill was the main character in the Jurassic Park 3. Because so. it's, it's quite a vote of confidence. I mean, uh, I like Jurassic World a lot. I didn't like... Fallen Kingdom, um, the fact to Colin Trevorrow directing the third one, but I, the, I was just—it's one of the things that would these people have signed up if the script was bad? It depends how much money they're offered, I suppose. Mm. But uh, I think it's just difficult to make something different from a Jurassic Park film that we haven't seen before. Mm. It, it just results into tired old cliches, don't we? I mean, you know, every film we'll see the Velociraptors being smart, and then the T Rex. Uh, eating people and then another bigger monster, a bigger dinosaur than a T-Rex eating other people and then another dinosaur bigger than that that monster that came that dinosaur that came up before eating people. Yeah, I guess I mean the big change in this one is that dinosaurs have taken over the world, which whilst it lacks any logic whatsoever, at least mm. is slightly different. Because the whole root of we've made this even weirder dinosaur. And now we've made this even even slightly weirder one. That's what they did for the past two. Uh, yeah, it didn't exactly uh, wasn't exactly fascinating. No, it wasn't. It really wasn't. Oh, and the whole <laughs> yeah. I mean, the more you think about Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, the whole the whole thing's and this this dinosaur. If you point a, a light at someone, this dinosaur will attack it. And it's like, well, if you're already pointing something at someone, you might as well point a gun at them if you want to kill them. This is a <laughs> very long-winded way of going about it. Uh, for the point of doubt, sorry, I'm not suggesting we should all go and shoot people. <laughs> well, I'm not looking forward to this film. I'll probably watch it, but yeah. Yeah, I, I like you. I, I, to be honest, I probably wouldn't have watched it based off Fallen Kingdom. This makes me more likely to watch it. Fair enough. Um, something totally different. Uh, the Paddington team. Well, oh, yeah. And producer David Heyman uh, announcing a Pippi Longstocking movie. Is that right? That's okay. right. Do you know Pippi Longstocking? Uh, I know of her. I'm. I'm not sure I've ever read anything. She's got. She's got long stockings. That's about all I can tell you about her. <laughs> she has pigtails as well, doesn't she? Yes. Yeah. You know, so my my exposure to Pippi Longstocking is uh, finally enough from Gilmore Girls. Oh yes, because there was an episode where they sang the song of Pippi Longstocking while watching it. I think while Lorelai was bringing Luke over for film night at their place. Right. Yeah. Okay. If I remember that correctly, so I do not know anything about Pippi Longstocking. I've not read the books before, but all I remember is um, um, she's a girl with pigtails, and she's apparently the self-proclaimed strongest girl in the world. Well, uh, even as you speak, I'm looking on Wikipedia. Apparently, she can lift a horse with one arm. Exactly. That's she's pretty that impressive. strong. To be honest, if you've got to be a bit annoyed if you can lift a horse with one arm, and yet people know you mostly from the fact that you wear long stockings. That feels like it's less remarkable. Is that true though that she has long stockings? Her name has long stocking. It is basically like Madame um, Webb again. Yes, well, it's from the Swedish uh, Pippi Langstrump, I believe. But uh, yes, it does appear that her song stockings are pretty long. Well, at least that she had a choice in this, though. Like, I mean, you know. Oh Madam, yeah, yeah. Madam Web was on a life support system, which ironically was shaped like a web. But she could have chosen to, you know, wear short stockings instead. She could, but she seems to be very, very taken by normative determinism. <laughs> is, uh, I'm, joking, I'm basing this on the cover of one book that is on is on this Wikipedia page. Um, well, good for her. I I don't know what to make of that. From honest, that seems. Paddington is a very British thing. It is. Whereas this is obviously Swedish, so uh, I wonder if it has the same sensibilities about it. Um, who is the... When you say Paddington team, is it Paul King, is it, the director? Yeah, uh, the, produ- the producers, yeah. David oh, okay. Yeah, okay. and everyone else behind him. 
Star Wars news. Kevin Feige uh, is is lining up to produce a Star Wars film. Um, Kevin Feige is one of a very small number of people, including David Haven, I suppose. Um, well, well, maybe not him. Uh, who are producers that people have actually heard of. Uh, most people don't get too excited by the producer of a film, but Kevin Feige uh, is obviously uh, very, very... The most well-known his... producer. That's probably fair. Um, from, obviously, the MCU. Mm. And maybe that's it. I can't name anything else he's produced. So um, <laughs> there's been some uh, some great overreaction on the internet for mostly positive, I think. But uh, so I guess this means that this means we're going to get uh, 23 films Star Wars... Uh, franchise or this means Iron Man is going to be in Star Wars or whatever um, I suspect it doesn't mean those things I'm sure some people are more excited by that news than I am um, I guess people who are Star Wars fans yeah <laughs> uh, but I think as, as a Star Wars fan uh, this it bodes well I guess I mean I, 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 he obviously his strength seems to be building long self-contained universes um, that's whether, true whether they're looking to do that in Star Wars or not is is not clear. I think having made well coming up to nine films, um, well ten films if you can't, well eleven if you can't sail around Rogue One, but all around the same the the, the Skywalker saga mm-hmm. to now move out of that altogether. Maybe they need some some steady hands, but because Ryan Johnson I think is still theoretically making a trilogy, and the the Game of Thrones people are still making something. Um, it's not clear which of those or if he's involved with or maybe it's a new thing but uh, it's not a big surprise I suppose when Disney buys something and it's like you know we've got one of the best producers in the world yeah uh, let's him, get him involved right give him a crack at it yeah. I, want, I wonder that would w- that like split his time between the Marvel Universe and the Star Wars ones now I mean it must be quite difficult juggling those balls together <laughs> yeah I mean at the moment they're only talking about one Star Wars film but if it becomes as you say much more than that that would be uh, that would be tricky I don't think we're going to get the Star Wars MCU crossover that we'd all all love to see. Um, really, really? Or I wouldn't love to see it. I think that would be. I think that'd be weird. I can't see it happening. No, I rather not. I did rather not. There is a comic apparently that crosses over Star Wars with Indiana Jones. Um, so I think Indiana Jones comes across the like the bones of Han Solo or something. <laughs> anyway, not not canonical. But, um, well, at least you know, um, yeah, um, good, good for Star Wars fans, I guess. Yes. Hmm. Uh, my next piece of news is to do with Nicolas Cage. Oh yes, the one-man hit machine. Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> his new film is he's set to play a truffle hunter. Okay. In a movie called Pig. Right. Whereby his pig gets kidnapped. Right. And he has to find her by journeying into Portland and his long abandoned past. Portland, Oregon? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why not? It feels like a film that Nicolas Cage would do. I mean, what what doesn't sound like a film that Nicolas Cage would do? <laughs> he, uh, he likes to make a film, does Nicolas Cage? He does love making films. Uh, Is he still yeah. massively in debt? I have no idea. I think, wasn't that the reason that he kept making films, is that he... Uh, I heard that rumour, yeah, I heard that rumour. But, I mean, he must have recouped all his losses by now, right? You would think, after all the films he's made so far? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Well, anyway, for the Nicolas Cage fans out there, you have Pig coming out. This is good news. What was the last Nicolas Cage film you saw? Because I saw Snowden that he was in, and he's pretty good in that. But I can't think what the last one before that was. I didn't see Snowden. Um, uh, I can't remember the last one I saw him in. Maybe one of the, what, National Treasure films? Wow, that's going back a long way. Yeah, it's going back a long way. I mean, he isn't a bad actor, you know. He does sometimes camp it up a lot. He can be a bit much. Um, He can be, yeah. But, I mean, he's not atrocious. He's very watchable. Hmm. I think maybe he's just wore thin a long time ago. Hmm. Um, Jason Bateman is in talks to direct Clue, um, which I really hope is called Cluedo in this country because the last one wasn't. I think Jason Bateman's directing. Yeah, uh, he's in talks. Yeah, um, he won an Emmy recently. Oh yeah, for directing an episode of Ozark. 
Oh, right. Okay. This is the Jason Bateman, the same Jason Bateman talking about, right? It's the guy yes. from yeah, Arrested yeah. Development, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah. So he, he the, starts the in The guy Ozark. from Hancock. Uh, yeah, the guy from <laughs> Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> to give you his biggest, uh, his well-known uh, credit. Yeah, yeah. so I, I've never seen the original Clue, but apparently it's not bad. Um, but we're going to, again, uh, Ryan Reynolds, I think, is in talks, or maybe even like, signed up. Uh, so this is... Uh, I've not seen Ozark, but Jason Bateman's always very funny. So uh, it sounds like they're taking quite a comedic turn with Clue, potentially. Ozark's not a comedic series, though. Okay. It's, it's quite a dark, uh, gritty... Uh, yeah, that's what I kind of um, but, but he won an Emmy for directing, um, beating out like the directors for Game of Thrones, etc. So he must know what he's doing. I've not seen Ozark before, so... Um, this is a good move for him in, if he goes into directing. I have a theory that uh, the Emmys tend to only give TV shows uh, awards when they've turned bad. <laughs> it's like once they've jumped the shark, they're suddenly given Emmys. Um, in fact, I've always, he's, I'm just looking up to see what else he's directed. Um, the Family and- Fang and Bad Words. <laughs> Not things I've... Oh, Bad Words. That was the thing about people swearing at a spelling bee, wasn't it? I have not heard of that at all. Yeah, I saw a trailer for it. Um, A spelling bee loser sets out to exact revenge by finding a loophole and attempting to win as an adult. came out uh, six years ago. What is that? Um, (laughs) Starring and directed by Jason Bateman. Let's hope it's better than that, um, because that doesn't look good. Uh, he's, He's directed a bunch of TV episodes as well. My My last piece of news. Mm hmm. It's a superhero film, uh, superhero news, but it's not Marvel nor DC. Um, and Sylvester Stallone is in it. He's set to. Is it Dread Two? No, it's not Dread Two. <laughs> no, he wasn't even in Dread One anyway. Uh, he was in Judge Dread. Yeah, but not Dread. Not Dread. Sorry, yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. Apologies to Carl Urban. Yeah, I, I Carl, um, Carl Urban. I, I do apologize. Uh, you were great in. In Dread. And yeah. also, I think, in Lord of the Rings, if that was you. <laughs> anyway, Sylvester Stallone is to star in Samaritan, uh, which is directed by Julius Avery, um, who was supposed to direct the Flash Gordon movie, but that fell uh, through... Yeah, well... As, as you expect, a Flash Gordon movie to fall through. <laughs> yep. yep. And it's centred on a young boy who's out to discover if a myth, uh, mythical superhero... Uh, who vanished 20 years earlier following a tragic event is still alive. So I have no idea what it's all about. Uh, you know, I don't know why the sources are, well, where it comes from, okay. whether it's from a comic book or not, but there you go. I don't know, but I'm going to bet he is alive. That's my guess. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. I have only one, one more piece of news. It's about Death on the Nile, which is the uh, the next Hercule Poirot film that Kenneth Branagh is writing. That's not writing. What movie is writing? I don't know. Um directing and starring in um it's announced as full cast but of interest to uh, to british comedy fans that both dawn french and jennifer saunders are going to be in it so it's a reunion of french and saunders um for the first time in goodness knows how long since they did a film mm. possibly never um do you know french and saunders i heard of them but i never grew yeah. up watching them or anything yeah so they, they do kind of sketch comedy on the on the BBC, um, every now and again they kind of re- reunite. So I think they did something a couple of years ago. But um, their their Titanic episode is very very good. Uh, okay. By and large, I'm not a huge fan, if I'm honest, uh, of the work together. But uh, it's a kind of British comedy stable, and I definitely I'm not expecting to be comedic. But I imagine they'll be playing fairly broad characters on that. Okay. Uh, that's all the news we have. Um, we move on to our next segment to see or not to Z, where uh, we tell you, the listener, films that we have seen and whether or not you should see them. That's not what I usually say, but that's what I'm saying this time. Uh, Zijan, have you seen a film? <laughs> so someone's clearly like woken up twenty minutes ago. Yeah, I didn't get my didn't get my usual opportunity to <laughs> say Z. I was, was going to let it slide. I was going to let it slide. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we should just do this more often and you just have a nap every single time you're supposed to do a well, maybe, we should, maybe we should record at like 6am so I'm always <laughs> always just woken up uh, I did I've seen uh, the, farewell, the Farewell starring Okofina oh yes okay have you heard of it I, I read an interview with her about it this, she's gone to gone to visit her grandmother or something yes oh. so it's gotten very very uh, great reviews 
um, in the States. So it came out like three months ago. Right. Um, and I'm always up for watching a lot of Asian Americans' uh, story lines. Um, and this story is about um, Okafina's character who had to go back to China um, to visit her grandma um, for her cousin's wedding, which is a big pretense because her grandma actually has terminal cancer. So they're actually going back to celebrate and they are not telling her grandma the truth at all about the cancer. So she, uh, the grandma wouldn't know about it at all. Okay. Um, that's uh, yeah. That's the big lie that they are spreading. So it's a, a story playing about um, Okafina's uh, Western Western view about you know she wants to tell the grandma the truth because they deserve to know the truth before they die against the Eastern values, which is all about uh, preserving the truth and bearing the emotional burden so that the the elder woman will be happy uh, in her last days. So she has to okay. uh, balance between the both of that. And um, Okafina has been starring in a few films recently. She was last in Crazy Rich Asians. And before that, she was in Ocean's 8. Yep. And I yep. think she did a really good job in this. I mean, like, no one would believe, like, Okafina as the, the once rapper can become a formidable actress. But she is actually really, really good in this. Mm. Especially her dramatic chops. And and this film, especially for me, because... Um, uh, you know, it relates a lot to my background. I found this film extremely, extremely relatable. The cinema was mostly filled with um, Asians, <laughs> All right, which okay. was very rare in a British yeah. cinema. And the film was mostly in Mandarin Chinese as well, oh, really? which is also okay. very rare in a in a mainstream film. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's a really great film. Uh, it was performed brilliantly. Um, and for me personally, it was very... Uh, very very moving very relatable uh, something that any Asian immigrant would go through and so I love this film a lot um, okay would yeah. you recommend it to, to those of us who aren't Asian I think I think people should watch this in general I mean in terms of performances it's great and why wouldn't you want to watch something that's uh, about a different culture anyway I mean fair enough I think it would be good um, I've watched. I've been on a bit of a Sylvester Stallone uh, binge. Binge. Well, not really a binge. Two films, but uh, since we last uh, recorded, so I have seen. Well, first of all, Escape Plan, um, which is on Netflix, uh, as I believe, or at least one of the sequels. So it's. It was the first film. Well, it was kind of marketed as the first film to star both Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, albeit. They'd already been together in Expendables, and in fact, it's clearly the starring role of Sylvester Stallone and, and Arnold is more of a, um, a supporting character. But basically, um, Sliced Stallone plays a guy who's an expert at breaking out of prisons, and his job is to be locked up in prisons um, without them knowing he's got this job, and then break his way out of them, tell them where all their, their kind of weak points are, and then they can improve their prisons. Uh, and the basis of this one is that he gets put in this um, very, very difficult to escape from prison and Arnie is a fellow inmate and they have to try and escape. Uh, I must admit, I put, I watched this thinking it was going to be terrible. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, but I, I wanted to say on. Just I thought it was on there. I thought, well, why not? Uh, and I actually had quite a good time with it. I think it, it, it ends in a kind of, like the final act is a little bit too shoot him up it's clearly them trying to get back to their 80s glory days because this, this film was... How old is this film? I'm trying... It's maybe s- uh, seven years old, six, seven, eight years mm, old, okay. something like that, maybe a bit more. Because um, it's probably slightly more than that because they've had they've got two sequels that they've done. Um, oh, wow. Uh, but yes, I thought it was, it was quite fun. It had kind of didn't take itself too seriously, but posed some interesting ideas and some of the escapes are quite clever. Um, I also watched Tango in Cash, which I've... I've obviously heard of but um it was uh again involved a bit of prison break but the two policemen um sliced loan and kurt russell play tango and cash and it's one of these kind of i think it's pitched as a kind of this um odd couple body cop like sliced alone is is by the book geek who's always checking his stocks and shares and all this and kurt russell is this badly dressed slacker cough but in reality they're both fairly similar um i think it's first just that sliced alone wears glasses that seems to be the big distinguishing factor <laughs> some, um, to some people it is yeah um it's not it's not very good but it's fun um it's actually 
I've read a bit about the the background of the number of people that got like the the, the director got fired and uh, oh wow. Uh, to bring someone else in, and uh, and there seems to be some of them wanted to make it kind of uh, action comedy, and some people just want to make it a complete spoof. So quite early on, someone's like talks about sliced alone says, "Who does this think? Who does this guy think he is, Rambo?" And I'm like, "What? This is what's going on? What's happening?" Um, so I think you could all live long, happy lives without watching either of these films, um, but you know they're quite fun, so. Do what you like. That's my recommendation. Okay, okay. Do what you like. <laughs> Do what you like. Wow, wow. <laughs> coming, coming from a free film review podcast, Colin. It's like, uh, pretty yeah. intense stuff in it. Um, way to toe the fence. By the way, Tango and Cash Two, uh, Sly Stone is eager. Kurt Russell not so eager. So who knows? We move on to the main segment of our podcast. It's all about Joker. Um, it's starring Joaquin Phoenix. How many Jokers can you name, Sejan? How many Jokers have Actors have played the Joker. Uh, Jared Leto. Very good. Uh, Heath Ledger. Yes. Jack Nicholson. Yes. Um, it's uh, Mark Hamill, if you're counting. Oh, yeah, Mark Hamill. Uh, animated. Uh, the, the animated versions. He's very good voice actor for Joker as well. Mm. Oh, and the guy from uh, Gotham. Is, I don't watch Gotham. Uh, interestingly, um, they did a guy who was clearly the Joker... But it turned out they didn't have the rights to the Joker in the TV series, so they had to kind of pretend he wasn't the Joker. <laughs> it was it's just a guy who laughs a lot and has green hair and white makeup. How, how can they not have? How can they have the rights to Batman and Catwoman and not the Joker? Uh, they'd had an agreement with, I guess, with DC. Like here are the characters you're allowed to use. Here are the ones you're not allowed to use, and they weren't allowed to use Joker. Yeah, that's bizarre. It's bizarre. Anyway. Uh-huh. He's back uh, in, a, in a in a standalone film that is probably not connected with the rest of the DC universe. Yeah, definitely not connected with the rest of DC universe. Yeah. Um, have to mention that we're going to do non spoilers first. Yes, and then we'll start screaming down the mic. That's it. Just for half an hour of <laughs> just screaming spoilers. <laughs> not, there's not half an hour worth of spoilers. No, there's not a lot of spoilers in this other. I mean, unless you're surprised by the fact that the guy who's the title character turns out to be the Joker. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so, set in 1981. Yep. In, uh, in obviously, Gotham. I like uh, this reversal of roles, Colin. It's usually me giving the synopsis. It is. It is. Um, maybe we should... Keep maybe, going. Keep going, keep going. Yeah. No, you're doing a good uh, job. Thank you. Uh, Rocking Phoenix plays Arthur Fleck, which we still don't know whether that's a subtle reference to Ben A. Fleck. Catholic, is that what they're doing there? Who knows? Uh, he is a, uh, a a clown for hire, effectively. He, he um, puts on the makeup and wig and stuff and goes to hospitals to make kids feel better or wave signs around in the street and stuff like that. Um, he lives with his mother. He's kind of weird. Um, kind of. He's very weird. <laughs> um, and stuff don't go too well for him until one day he decides to be the Joker. Are good enough for you? Yeah, that that, that, that works. That I'll works. do it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so non-spoilers. Um, Joaquin Phoenix. Let's start with him. He's he's lost a lot of weight for this. He's if you've seen the trailer, you've he seen. He lost quite... twenty-four kilograms. Kilograms. Yeah. Did he really? He did. Uh, I'm struggling to lose like two kilograms. Yeah, fair play to the lad. Um, I I thought perhaps as a as a as a film community we'd move past the whole lose a lot of weight to win an Oscar. But apparently not. Apparently we're still there. Mm. Um, but no, he's, I think it, it's befitting because he's supposed to be very poor. You see fairly early on he's giving his mum food and not eating himself because he, he I guess, he didn't have enough money. You, you can see his rib cages. That's how much weight he's lost. Yeah, um, there's a scene where he's he kind of comes in from behind and he's like he's playing around with his boots or something. It looks painfully, painfully thin. I know. It's, uh, it's very scary. Um, but yeah, I think it's quite... This this role requires quite a lot of physical work, actually, mm. um, because he does a lot of like slight twitches and tinges that just makes you a little more uncomfortable than you are used mm. to. Which I think so it's, that's what you. It's a very need. unsettling film all around, isn't it? It really mm. is. It really is. Um, it's very unnerving. Like every, I, every little thing he does just makes you think like that, that, that's just a little bit odd. This guy's a bit off. Yeah, I love his run. The the the, the, the run the character does. 
Like he was wearing big clown boots the whole time. Yeah, I mean, it feels kind of comedic, but also disturbing. Which I guess is the whole the whole Joker mm. gig, isn't it? Um, so I think the physicality, the him losing twenty four kilograms, actually, you know, it helps in this character. It really brings something to this character. It makes him look, yeah, just just that little bit off, which is why mm. you need. Um, yes, I mean, he's obviously a superb actor. Uh, he's done a lot of lot of great stuff so i think a, a very good very good fit for this role is um i think if i was talking to frank katie i saw this with but um i think if you said to me rocking phoenix is doing a comic book movie i would feel that was a very strange role for him to, to uh, take but this kind of comic book movie which is very inspired by scorsese films of you i think is it's like Apparently he was offered um, Doctor Strange before Benedict Cumberbatch took it, and I, I think that would be a terrible fit, to be honest. I don't think he would enjoy doing it. I don't think he'd do it brilliantly either. Well, maybe he would, but it, it, it doesn't feel great. Whereas this film doesn't feel like the kind of film that's going to spark a, a Joker franchise or anything like that, is it? No, I don't We're think not really so. A Joker I, 2 or anything. I'm hoping that this is just the end, like, you know, yeah. the end of this film. Yeah. But, you know, it's making a lot of money right now, so who knows where, where the bosses may think. Yeah. Although I, mean, I doubt that it, Joaquin Phoenix will come back for a sequel. I don't think he would. I mean, it might mean they want to do more films like this. So mm. I guess, I don't know, do a Catwoman prequel or something, although I'm not sure that would be very good. But, yeah. Um, actually, it's, what is so I don't know if you've seen Taxi Driver or King of Comedy. Um, no, both, I've not seen them. No, but, but both Scorsese films and both, uh, well, particularly King of Comedy, but uh, both of them clearly inspirations for this. This felt very much like a Scorsese film. Um, it does. It does. And yeah, and in fact, he, he was originally involved as a producer, and then he dropped out. Um, but King, I mean, King of Comedy has a lot of the same story beats as well. I mean, it's about a, 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 this delusional stand-up comedian who wants to go on a on a TV show and kind of stalks the host in order to do it, uh, and then finally does get onto the show. Uh, so it's basically, I mean, a lot of that is is carried over into this. So it's. Uh, it's interesting, but I think it's great that we're getting superhero films or comic that, book films rather that are so different to from each other. Yeah, hmm. a, a new genre. So it's like Logan was the, was the kind of the western as well. Like, to get something that is basically a seventies Scorsese film, effectively that is is um, comic book. I think that's great that we're getting more variety now. I think so. I think so. Uh, variety is a spice of life, right? Is it? it certainly is, Dijon. It certainly <laughs> is. Um, buy your C to Z branded T-shirts. Um, variety is the spice of life. We are, we're doing merchandise now. That's it. <laughs> your C to Z pillow for if you want to uh, sleep in. <laughs> no, I think the the Joker is one of those few characters that you you can run the risk that um, you can you know do something that's over camp and over dramatic that mm. just borderlines to the more it just tips over to the more absurd that it becomes very unbelievable I think what you know like when you see the Jared Leto version of the Joker mm. and you look at that and compare it to this uh, version of the Joker to the Jared Leto one was very very outrageous you know like um, he was very out there he was he had tattoos everywhere yeah, uh, yeah. He, you know it was a very bizarre version of the Joker Whereas in this one, it's we they they tone down that um, that outrageousness, but on the other hand, there is still this this odd, creepy feel towards the Joker that they managed to balance it very well without you know going to the whole going over the edge. If that means yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly a more grounded look at it, isn't it? It's, I mean, we we you did well, you did the list of Joker. Uh, actors before and I mean it's it's so tough I guess picking up a role that someone else has already won an Oscar for and yes. Heath Ledger was absolutely incredible uh, in this and to be honest I, I like the Jared Leto version I, I thought Suicide Squad was a, a bad film but I actually quite like what Jared Leto was doing with it but um, in none of the other performances have we ever really looked at where they came from so obviously Heath Ledger his Joker he told a few different backstories but they all contradicted each other Jared Leto, we don't really get anything at all. Jack Nicholson, we do see what he was like before, but uh, there was very little attempt in that film to kind of get under his skin, was there? And it was maybe just a. Um, I think. Uh, life. You know, that's one of the wonderful things about a Joker, right? He doesn't really have an origin story anyway in the comic books. No, and that's what made this, I guess, controversial for a lot of DC fans is that it's saying, right, this is the Joker story, this is definitively what happened to him. 
although, I mean, you, you do get the, and we'll come on to more in spoilers, I guess, but the, you do get the kind of unreliable narrator Kyle. thing where, where some of this is, is uh, in his head and you can decide, I guess, how much you think it is. Which again, in fact, both the killing joke, not the killing joke, we'll talk about the killing joke, both the king of comedy and um, taxi driver, they end with, with scenes that this is kind of ambiguous. Did, did this really happen or was it in his head? And mm. some of that carries over here. And, yes. Um, have you read The Killing Joke? I have read The Killing Joke, yes. Because mm. that, this film, so that's a very famous, um, was, that, was that, it was Alan Moore, wasn't it? Was no, Moore? I can't remember. I don't think it's Alan Moore, but yeah, there's an ambiguous ending as well in The Killing Joke. Mm. So The Killing Joke is, is a kind of a, not in normal DC continuity, but it's a very good comic, uh, which I have seen, I've read as well. But um, it's where the idea of him being a stand-up comedian comes from. Mm. Um, and yeah, not only the ending is ambiguous, but also kind of some of what he was, the backstory he's telling for himself. He's kind of saying, well, that's the kind of, that's the story I tell myself anyway or something. So it's it's this ambiguity there. So they've carried that over as well, which I think was a smart move. I think so too. I mean, in the film early, early on, you did, they let us in on the, you know, Arthur Fleck's um, hallucinations, if you say, or his imagination mm. when he imagined himself uh, as part uh, entering a talk show that uh, his mom and him like to watch together. So there was a whole scene of that. So Yeah, and, and it made no attempt to really convince you that it was, he was real. So I think, yeah, very, very clearly saying, I mean, he's done well, but very clearly saying to you, this guy imagines his life better than it is. Which I say is very king of comedy as well, because that guy was yeah, delusional and spent his life pretending he was more successful yeah. than he was. He also lived with his mother. There's a lot of lot of king of comedy in this film. Okay. Um, uh, talk about so I mean this this is I mean it's a Rocking Phoenix film. The, the rest of the cast don't actually have masses no. to do, do they? But um, we've got Robert De Niro. Uh, just to just in case just, you wouldn't think, think of king of comedy enough, um, here he is again. Yeah, it's a, it's just a. This is a tiny role. He's just there to move Joaquin Phoenix's character along. Yeah, so he's kind of playing this smug um, TV host, as you say. In, yeah, in the eighties. In the eighties, and there's there's not a lot for him to do. He does it well, no. but he's <laughs> but, but he's much. just there as a vehicle for yeah for Joaquin Phoenix to yeah. Um, we get Zazy Beats, fresh off Deadpool two, uh, who plays his neighbour. And love interest. And love interest. Um, again, she doesn't have a huge amount to do. Uh, I can't remember who plays his mother. Well, he started not sure. I don't know. Like, no, it, like I, I didn't. I basically I didn't write any of the Carter cast members down at all, because this is know, a one man film. Really, this, isn't it? this oh. is a one man film. It is you want to see how well Joaquin Phoenix can act? This is one of the films to do that. I I felt like I recognised his mum, uh, the, the actress who played his mother. I'm looking it up even as we speak. Um, the. We also saw a couple of uh, policemen, um, Francis <laughs> Francis Conroy, um, uh, uh, who I, I when they turned up, I assumed that one of them was going to in, in, introduce themselves as um, Detective Gordon, but they decided not to go down that route. Hmm. Well, well, I, I think when we speak about spoilers, or I don't know why you want to mention it now, but yeah, I think sometimes it's good not to put in way too much DC. Um, yeah, pop culture knowledge I, into this film. I actually asked it when they said that. I was kind of like, "Don't, don't be detective Gordon, don't be yeah. detective Gordon." And I was quite pleased. Uh, she plays um, Barney Stinton's mum in *Hammer Me Mother*. That's where I recognised ah, her from. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Um, and indeed, many, many other things, including young Sheldon, which, if anyone had watched that, they would recognise her from that. Uh, have we covered non-spoilers? There's a few. Obviously, there's lots more I want to say, but I, but it's mostly spoilery. Um, actually, well, I guess one thing to say is um, it, I wasn't sure how gory this film would be going in. Some friends of mine had kind of said that they were tempted to see it, but they didn't want to watch anything too gory. Was there a rating beforehand? Because I can't remember whether there was a rating for this film. Yeah, it's 15. Ah. And it said it did say um, bloody violence and strong language was why it was a 15. Um, okay. Uh, I, I can say right now that there were bits where I had to cover my ears. Okay. Uh, you know... Uh, I'm not a big fan of very loud sudden noises um, and right. horror film, films tend to have a lot of that and when people play with guns in films it just can't it gets very it gets on my nerves there you go if you can piece that together someone's playing with a gun and there's a loud noise you can guess what happens um, I, I there's, there's 
there are some fairly bloody scenes in this. Nothing oh yeah, part, <laughs> there was only one scene that really kind of got me on edge in that way. Um, the, I know that scene. Most, yeah, but I think uh, don't take your kids to this. Um, oh no, it's it's not a kind of a fun comic book time, but it's not as it's not as um, violent as I thought it might be. Uh, it's not that much more violent than say the Dark Knight, which managed to escape with the twelve rating. Maybe it's just for that scene alone. I, I think it must be. Mm. I, I, we haven't really said whether we like this or not. I thought it was very good. Um, um, I, I, I love this film. I thought it was very good as well. Um, I, I like that. I like I like Joaquin Phoenix's performance in this. Mm. He actually made the Joker very, very sympathetic as well. Alongside, you kind of empathize with him at the beginning. And this is least. actually this is an interesting point, which isn't too spoiler. So, um, yeah, obviously you've got this transition into the Joker. I, there were. I wasn't entirely convinced by the transition. I think if, if there's any weakness I put my finger on, it would be some of the change was a bit too much, but maybe that's... Yeah. Yeah, you don't go about like being beaten down and then start killing people in the next second. Yeah, I think, and I guess it's partly explained by he basically something, something just snaps in him and he stops taking his meds as well. So I kind of I kind of see that. But um, if that was... if I, I say I really like this film, but if I was going to put my finger on anything, that, that would be it. One thing that's come out of this... Um, I'd be interesting to hear your view as well. But uh, is, uh, some people have complained that this makes him too sympathetic, it's, and it's, they reckon it's going to spark um, similar actions from uh, from people who are well, the, the word incel, the incel community, um, but basically uh, people who uh, feel that they haven't got what they deserve in life, or whatever else. Um, they're going to look at this and think, yes, I too will go and shoot some policemen. I'm sure there are a lot more films like this as well. It's not just the Joker which deals with this to begin with. Um, yeah, there must be loads of them where disenfranchised people feel like you know they've been taken uh, advantage of, and then they well, want to turn against the taxi driver, for example. Yeah, exactly. Is, is, There's is so many story. films like that, so it's not like this is the first one to do that. No, I, I must admit I have no patience with that. I, it's, it's not the first time that someone's in a film has been violent. It's, it's quite uh, common, and it's the film is very clear. He is not a good. He is not the good guy. I, as you say, you do kind of feel sympathy for his position, but. It's it's not kind of saying, isn't it great that he kills people? Which yeah. some films, some films do that. Um, some films do kind of say this. If you look at like something like Dirty Harry, it's kind of a yeah, this guy's ridding the world of all the dangerous scum and all this. And this is not what that film is. I, I think that's, I think that's a silly reaction to be honest. Hmm. Shall we move? Shall on we to... shall we scream spoilers? You um, can do the screaming, Colin. Um, no, I'm gonna, I'm very gently, I'm going to say uh, spoilers, 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 spoilers from this point on. Um, although, so oh, well, Thomas Wayne he crops up in this yes. film. Let's go with that. And that's my f- um, one of my little quibbles with this film. Oh yeah, I do not like that his story is tied into Bruce Wayne's story. Okay. Yeah, I like. I I really wanted this to be like a standalone story and it's probably a minor quibble of mine because more like, you know, I I love the comic books and I I like how, you know, Batman came about and, you know, how Joker came about. But, you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of how he... So in this film, uh, the Joker was told that he was, uh, by his mum, that he was uh, the son of Thomas Wayne. Yes. Illegitimate son of Thomas Wayne. Yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of introducing the Wayne family in this. Um, I, I didn't see it was necessary in any way. It didn't add to the storyline. Like, I mean, everyone knows in the end they were major adversaries, um, Batman and Joker. But, yeah. you know, this is not, not, not necessary. You, you could just do a standard film with without introducing the Waynes, I think. I take a slightly different view. So, so I, I, I say what I was saying. I think because it is a DC film and it makes some kind of sense to have a Bruce Wayne and a Thomas Wayne in there. and and because Thomas Wayne um, is such a big character in the city of Gotham and kind of represents the one percent and very much how they played it wasn't it he was kind of looking down on the common person on the common man I don't think he was like that in the comic books though I don't think Thomas Wayne is a I think he was like a philanthropist I mean like Bruce learned from his father it's not like Thomas Wayne was uh, you know he doesn't look down on people in the comic books no, so I mean, in the film, he was still a philanthropist, um, but kind of a very uncaring one, it seemed, mm. uh, which is a strange thing to make him. Um, I was very glad that it, well, so it turned out 
I think that the, the Joker was in fact not the son of Thomas Wayne. It was just yeah, I know. Up. I I actually like had a brief sense of relief yeah. at that. Although there seemed to be some ambiguity on that point. Um, so because you see him holding up a picture that's signed T.W. later on, I thought is that a hint that in fact Thomas Wayne was lying and he is the father? I, I, I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. It reminded me of um, of Spectre. Where it's like, oh yeah, James Bond and Blofeld are brothers or half brothers or, or no, adopted brothers, whatever. Um, you, you don't need everything to be tied together like this. No. So I, I when yeah, like you, I was kind of oh, thank goodness they're, they're not doing that. Uh, and and also I was thinking right because Bruce Wayne appeared in this film as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. As a as a ten year old or even younger than that. Yeah. I was thinking, sure. So that means when he's older, he's beating down a fifty year old Joker. Well, it was interesting. Because uh, I, I did think of that as well, but if you look at the first Batman, nineteen eighty nine, Jack Nicholson, it's probably a similar age difference him and um, and uh, Michael Keaton uh, to to these two. Because Michael Keaton, so Jack Nicholson must have been twenty at least years in his fifties and probably in his sixties. Yeah, um, at that point, well, maybe not sixties, but um, he's. So the, the other thing I was thinking actually was um, a lot of people will know the nineteen eighty nine film better than they know the comics. I think. Mm. Was huge film. and in that film the Joker kills Thomas Wayne um, before he becomes the Joker and I did think are people watching this expecting that to happen here because they've seen that film uh, I did wonder so I thought the way they tied it up was it was cl- better than that film because it, was, it wasn't the Joker killing him it was someone inspired by the Joker which I think it's you know, follows more closely to comics anyway. It wasn't the Joker that did it. Um, mm. I've been reading online about some theories that uh, this could may well not be the the Joker that Batman faces, but he serves as an inspiration for the real Joker. It comes out later. Yeah, I've heard that as well. With um, and in fact, some people try to tie it into the into the Jared Leto Joker, saying that Jared Leto is inspired by. And. I don't Which, think that's likely, but... Uh, I mean, if you want to tie in the age gap difference... Um, if you want to retcon it, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, then that, that, that would fit it. Um, this the, the Joker in this film is more like an anarchist, you know. he oh, Well, it's even more than that. He, he has someone to hate, you know. He, he's motivated. He has a mm. goal. He's very different from the Joker in the comics, who is just out there to cause chaos and commotion. Yeah, he's yeah. very, very different. Like they have very different motivations altogether. So that that bit doesn't quite click with me because the Joker that I know in the comics, like he he doesn't care about people. Like yeah. he'll just kill anyone without any hesitation whatsoever. And in this film, they make it sound like oh, he only cares about killing the rich or the one who looks down on him, etc., etc. Uh, which is it. It just has a different motivation tinge to it, and that's yeah. why I. You know, I like to watch this film thinking that, you know, he serves as an inspiration for the different Joker that comes out later. The one that I know from the comic books. So, yeah, I mean, I agree that this this character, this Joker is not very similar. Partly, I mean, he's clearly mentally ill. That's not, he's, he's literally he gone off his, off his meds. He doesn't feel like someone who is then going to go on for 30 years of well-planned... No. He, he's a guy who just snapped and shot some people. Yeah, he's not it. someone who would ever plan an attack or, or kind of put traps out or all these kind of things, which is all the Joker hallmarks. Exactly. Um, on the other hand, I don't really like the idea that the, the, the Batman's main enemy, the Joker, is just some guy who copied a shtick from someone else. So I don't really like either. I, um, I think it's maybe just best to take this... Yeah. In, in and of itself and not not trying to link it too much to other stuff I, I don't I, think I get that if you're I think your reaction is probably similar to a lot of comic book fans reactions whereas those I, I obviously like the stuff yeah. but I've not I've not read a lot of comics at all I've only read a couple of Batman comics so I'm not exactly steeped in it so I think if you're going to it as a film goer who knows a little bit about these things probably not too concerned about that Sort of I, I agree. Like I, I'm, I'm picking the <laughs> all these quibbles of mine are very little, are very tiny. Yeah. I, I'm I'm speaking from it from a comic book perspective and a comic yeah. book lover. From a film lover, I, you know, I like this film a lot. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, and I think so. I think Wrecking Phoenix will get an Oscar nomination. Uh, I hope this. so. He deserves it. Does it? Yeah. Although I still amazed he didn't get nominated for her. Anyway, this is more um more Oscar Beatty than her in some ways. That's not, not sent as a criticism, but I think it's the kind of stuff that they pay more attention to, perhaps. And he lost a lot of weight. Come exactly, on. exactly. Um, whether or not he wins, I don't, I don't know what else he's, he'll be up against, because I guess we haven't seen that stuff yet. Um, 
I said, well, I hope Taron Egerton gets a nomination. Uh, I said, the only thing that might hold him back is because they've already given an Oscar for playing the Joker and they might be less willing to do that. Mm. Uh, I, I, I don't know for sure. But I'm I sure that's that... been done before, hasn't it? Uh, Oscar for the same character. Well, I don't think it has. Uh, let us know. CDZ Movies at gmail.com. <laughs> at CDZ Movies on Twitter. There's, there's definitely... Oh, actually... Uh, Judy Dench won it for playing Queen Elizabeth the First. Mm. Did Kate Blanchett win it for playing Queen Elizabeth the First? I think she did. There you go. Mm. Let's say that's true. Um, uh, Zazie Beats round down the corner. Um, so we, this is the kind of um, some of the evidence that it's something's going on in his head because she becomes his girlfriend basically, and then it turns out. It's all in his head. She's only seen him once. Oh, I love that twist. I didn't see that coming at all. Ah, uh, I loved it so much. Like, well, ah, uh, it, it was amazing. It was. So, do you, do you want to explain uh, the twist? It's like for anyone who's got this far but didn't watch it. How 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 we found out about it? Um. Oh yeah, he he appeared. So he he went to her room, and he was sitting down waiting for her. Mm. And then she came back in, and then she was. Asking this stranger, "Who are you? Um, yeah. I've got a kid here." She's like, "You're Arthur, didn't I? Don't you live on the hall, or, down the hall, yeah. or something?" Yeah. I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> my my mouth was open then. I didn't see that coming at all. At first, when um they introduced the girlfriend character, I was like thinking, "Ah, oh, she's either going to be killed off, or he's going to fly into a rage and kill her. Then that's what's going to make him snap, or she's going to break up with him, and then that's mm. what's going to make him snap." I didn't see this coming at all, and it was amazing way that it really was. See, I thought it was done well, but I I did see it coming, so yeah. it, it lost some of its impact. Um, so yeah, he he basically he he talks to her in the lift, and she kind of shows some minor signs of civility, so he falls in love with her. Um, but then yeah, he just knocks on her door, opens it, and starts kissing her while dressed as a clown, and she's she's up for this. Uh, so I thought that seems very unrealistic for this character. I mean, <laughs> this, this guy is so pathetic. That's that's the whole thing. The, the idea that this woman would fall head head over heels for him. I mean, there, that happens in films, but I, I did, so I was suspicious pretty much from the off for uh-huh. that one. Uh, but it's still a good twist. Well, good, good. Um, it's done very well. Came. I thought it was done very well. And also, it was, it was played well in that it it made you question other things as well. So exactly. So, so he he does some stand up and it seems to go down well, and you think, oh, I wonder if that really has gone well. Um, uh, anyway, he, he goes on to the onto Robert De Niro's show. I can't remember the character's name. Mm-hmm. Um, they really don't do any checks on the car on, on the no. cast members when they come in, don't they? Honestly, because well, in fact, what we haven't mentioned is he killed three guys whilst dressed as a clown, um, and then this kind of feel of rioting as clowns, and a couple of policemen get attacked by a, a riot of clown, or riot of clowns, and then well, firstly, as you say, they don't check to see whether he's got a gun in his pocket or not. Yeah, exactly. But also, he's like, hey, you know, there was that riot that killed people today. Um, I'm going to dress as a clown, and they're like, yeah, fine, whatever. Seems seems like a good thing to do. Ah, bizarre. Oh well. Hey, it was the it was the eighties. It was no the eighties. No one checked anything. <laughs> um, but it was. I thought that, again. This um, I did wonder whether because in, in the King of Comedy, he he gets he actually kidnaps the um, the talk show host and, and ah. forces the show to put him on, uh, and he does this set and it goes down really well, and he ends up getting his own show, and you think and yeah, you get a question of how much of that really happened. And so in this one, I think, how's it going to go? Is he going to go over them really well? Is, are they going to laugh at him or whatever? Um, you know, the joke he does, it's in the trailers, actually. Um, everyone laughed when I said there's going to be a comedian while well, they're not laughing now. That was one of the best jokes that Bob Monkhouse told. Um, Who's Bob Monkhouse? Yeah, Bob Monkhouse is, is a British comedian who died uh, 15, 20 years ago. Okay. Um, but he was... Yeah, I, I imagine his fame didn't spread outside this country, but he was—he just did lots of one-liner jokes. And but when he died, basically the two jokes that that seemed to outlast him—that there was there was that one, and there was one he said, "I want to die peacefully in my sleep, like my my father, not screaming in terror like his passengers." Um, whether the, the I know two, that I've heard that yeah. before. So I thought, wow, they just stolen a Bob Monkhouse joke and put this and and told everyone that it's terrible. <laughs> that seems really harsh. Anyway. Mm. Uh, so he shoots Robert Nero bang in the head, which um again I thought was probably going to happen, but still had quite a lot of impact when it did. And yeah, he he was caught by the policeman. He the police car got rammed in by the rioters, hmm. and he became the center of attention. 
He did. And again, you think, it, is that really happening? Is it not? Who knows? Who but, knows? Uh, but uh, that was a very good shot, though, that like when they, they showed him looking out the window of the, the police car and it, 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 contri- um, it, you know, it serves as a juxtaposition with his earlier uh, point pose when he was looking out the window in the bus. Oh, very, yeah. Very bored with his life. And in the in when he was in police car, he was actually smiling. He was actually happy for once with all the chaos and commotion that was happening around him. I like that bit. Okay, no, I didn't didn't think of that. That's, that's nice. That's good. Um, I did think that when he because he, he gets on top of the police car and starts dancing around again because he likes to dance. This guy. He does. Um, I thought, how long is that crowd going to be around just watching him do that? <laughs> I can kind of picture like an hour later, they, they, they've mostly just walked away, and there's maybe three <laughs> or four guys still just going, yeah, <laughs> keep dancing, mate. You're doing great. Uh, but that was that was fun. What we haven't mentioned is he had a he has a, some sort of um, neural disease or that's not a thing. I don't know. Where, like where he, Tourette's, right? Like Tourette's, but just with laughing, mm. um, which I thought was a very interesting take uh, on the character. Um, we also discovered that his mother, uh, as well as being delusional, allowed him to get beaten or in unspecified ways abused by um, a boyfriend of hers. Yeah. Which um, was quite a dark twist. It was. Very and, oh, and then he kills his mother. Yeah. <laughs> he kills, yeah. He does kill quite a few people in this film. He does. And, and I know what you're saying about him being sympathetic because um, he's these three guys basically bullying him on the on the on the train hmm. um with a, a, a impressively in-depth knowledge of the lyrics to bring in the clowns um yeah, <laughs> which is a very a, obscure song uh, that i wouldn't think a lot of people would know as well you know it's like I, I know the chorus but i'm, I'm not uh, no does anyone know the first apparently these guys they've got some very sophisticated bullying they're doing um well that's what i expect from upper class people right that's it singing from um, a little night music yeah it's all uh, it's all musicals and pinstripes. <laughs> uh, but the, it, it, I guess this is where it gets controversial because the, 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 it's almost cathartic when he kills them. I suppose is, is the way it is. But it's not, it's not played for glory. It's not glorified or anything like that. So, so great film. Go and check it out. But don't bring your kids. That would be my synopsis. Yeah, um, agree with you totally. Um, I don't even know what our main topic is for next time. Oh, I was going to uh, Zombieland. Oh. You up for that? Yeah, I'll be up for that. Cool. Uh, we've got time for a quiz, though, Zijan. We've got to do the quiz. Uh, I'll just I'll just edit some stuff out. Fine, do that. Go. All right, start, start, start. Let's finish this quickly. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll edit out the bits where we're talking about how we've overrun. <laughs> that can go. Uh, fine, we're, we're quizzing this time on the uh, the Chinese Angels films. Uh, let's see if we can match our glorious success of last time where we both got all the questions wrong. <laughs> um, uh, Zijan, which British actor plays... Or played Alex Mundy's father in Chinese Angels Full Throttle. Ah, uh, you can cut all this part out, right? I I, 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 t- I usually cut out the, the long deliberations. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Oh man, how did I miss this? Uh, no, I can't think of any. Go no. on. Uh, it's John Cleese. Ah, nice. Uh, question one: Which of the cast bought the screen rights to Charlie's Angels prior to the movie being filmed, which earned them even more money, more money for both films? Uh, I'm going to say it's Drew Barrymore. It is Drew Barrymore. She produced the films as well. Well, the interesting question two is going to be easy. Uh, which of the main Chinese Angels actors was also a producer on the first two films? That's Drew Barrymore. Yeah, it is to Drew make Barrymore. us, yeah, a better score than last week already. There we go. Off the mark. <laughs> Question two: Which character became a silent role because the actor playing the role didn't like the lines? Ooh, uh, I wasn't aware there were any silent roles, but let's say Crispin Glover actually. Ah, uh, yeah, Crispin, yes, Glover, Crispin Glover's character, Thin Man. Yeah, the Thin Man. Uh, question three for you: What was the name of the Destiny's Child song from the first film? Wow, I should know this. It's huge, this song. Yeah, I should know this. Is it? I'm a survivor. It's not. It's uh, independent women. Ah, uh, I should know this as well. Uh, question three. Pair these actors with their on-screen love interests. Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore and Lucy Liu with Justin Theroux, Matt LeBlanc and Luke Wilson. Ooh. Uh, well, Matt LeBlanc was Lucy Liu. Uh, uh, I think Luke Wilson was Cameron Diaz. Justin Theroux was Drew Barrymore. That's correct. 
Uh, hurrah, full mark so far. Um, yeah. Well, here's one uh, on a similar theme. Um, what is the name of Matt LeBlanc's character? Oh, wow. I'm feeling generous, so I'll let you have first name only. Yeah, that doesn't help at all. No. No. Is it, is it the same character as his uh, character in Friends? <laughs> is it going to be Joey? Is this one of those kind of ge- It's worth a try, isn't it? Um, yeah, I know, right? It's uh, Jason Gibbons. Uh, you've won already, haven't you? I have won already, yeah. Yeah. Uh, question four. Charlie's Angels Full Throttle won which two Golden Raspberry Awards? Uh, I think it got... Uh, worst remake slash sequel mm-hmm. and I think worst supporting actress yeah that's correct in the new film coming out this year next year next year maybe um, there are three Bosleys uh, can you give me the first name of any of them <laughs> uh, wow yeah. Jacqueline Worth a try. Uh, I would have accepted Susan, Sam, or Stan. Uh, well, oh well. So that's uh, question that's five. one point for you, but here, can I get make it a clean sweep? For full marks. What is the last name of Charlie? Which is also the name of the agency the angels belong to. Uh, why not? No, you don't get full marks, Colin. No. It's Townsend. Is it really? Oh, well. yeah. Voiced by the same guy in the TV series as, as in the films. It is, yeah. until his untimely death. Yes. Uh, right, well, there you go. 4-1 to me. Uh, puts me into a three-point lead for the year. It's going to be difficult for you to pull it back in the next few months, DJ. I think so, too. Um, next time, uh, we're talking Zombieland Double Tap. Um, and we're also talking, if we can fit this all in, about um, a look back an Oscar film. What are we doing for that, CJ? We're doing a French Connection. French Connection. And do you have a quiz topic for next time? I struggle with this. I think a lot of these have been done before, but the one I went with first is films based on books by Nicholas Sparks. I don't think we've done that. Um, I look forward to that. I'll see you then. Bye.